On this episode of Talking Power, John Zapier, the quickest supercharged door slammer driver, tells all. Records, racing, and his favourite fishing spots. Speeded supercars. Is Shane Van Gisbergen running the radar blocker? F1's new logo. Is it really dog shit? And much, much more. Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talkin' Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. Simon, episode 18, can you believe it? It's, it's, <laughs> talking power is now old enough to vote and drink. Do lots of things at 18. <laughs> this is, it, fittingly, this is our, probably, I'm going to say it, I'm going to call it, it's our biggest episode. Oh, definitely. Ever. Definitely. So, uh, shall we, shall we call them out? We should call the man and right get right into it because <laughs> he's, he's into working it. In, on his car right now, so we don't want to hold him up too long. Okay, John, thanks for joining us on the Talk and Power podcast. It's uh, much appreciated that you could make the time to join us here today. Um, yep, thanks. Lee, let's let's get let's get stuck straight into it. You're the ten-time the defending champion. You're in your you're yep. going for your eleventh title. Um, there's a newcomer to the sport. I don't. We don't want to dwell on him too long. But a a, a young and upcoming guy called Paul Moyet. Um, yep. What, what's your opinion and thoughts on young Paul? No, Paul seems to be a nice guy, and um, yeah, he's hungry. The, the team's hungry. They they want to they want to do it at all costs and uh, get to the top of the pack and. Uh, I've made a pretty good start after buying two turbo cars and then finally they read the rule book and bought the right sort of car to race in top door slammer. <laughs> They've made the change and, you know, they, they sort of want to cane everybody for, well, they didn't let us run the turbos, we're going to run, you know. Mm. They wish they'd never done it, you know. And it's like, well, whatever. The deal is we are all got blowers. Let's yep. just go racing, you know. So now they've got the correct vehicle that meets our body rules they've got the supercharger and um yeah yeah now they're throwing some other you know, five speeds and bits and pieces at it and they've, they've got the crew chief they've got all the gear <laughs> yeah so now it's now it looks like now i'm on a budget and they're uh, they're doing it properly you know with uh, no expenses spared yeah yeah John, I um, but I just want to uh, change direction for a second with the conversation. 
Um, first of all, congratulations on the world record and, and also congratulations on resetting the Australian record. Um, I, I've always wanted to know this. For, for me, when my first experience drag racing when I was 15, I remember I was uh, the old wooden boxes at Ravenswood. I was paying for my ticket and I heard this noise. It was like a, a roar with a whistle in the background. And I, I ran up, up the stairs and you were doing one of your trademark three-quarter track burnouts. And at, at that point... I realised that I wanted to go drag racing. Did you did you have a moment like that uh, early on in your career? You know, like were you at the track one day and thought, oh, I, "I want to give this a go." Oh, for sure. Look, I went to, I went there with my dad when I was fourteen. Uh, my older brothers were already there. Richard and Joe were there, already there, and you know, I went with Dad, and he stayed there for a while. And back in those days, I think we had. The St. Lawrence Dragster and, you know, probably Cowan running a blown altered or something. And um, we got to see a little bit of it. And then Dad wanted to go home. And I was like, oh, I was crushed. And so I had to go home. <laughs> Couldn't stay with me brothers because everyone was a bit rowdy in those days. <laughs> so uh, as, soon as, I, um, as soon as I got my licence, I was down there. <laughs> Sunday street beatings, straight to the drags. Do you think that, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, for us, it was just in, incredible because we'd never seen anything like that and the, the, the difference between anything that was on the street compared to, you know, these supercharged vehicles was immense. But now with all this turbo technology yeah. and guys driving to the track and running, you know, sevens and sixes and so on and so forth, do you think it's kind of watered down the sport a little bit? Oh, obviously, the, you know, the mark's been pushed way further. Um, I mean, you know, nowadays you get non-roll cage streetcars doing 10 seconds. Um, and I don't know if, if those streetcars have watered it down, but, you know, when ProStop was doing 7 O's and, you know, they're still only just breaking into the 6s, you know, um, I tried to tell them then, you know, these guys need to go mountain motor. Yeah, don't worry about this going from 350 to 400 cubes. Yeah, I agree completely. We've discussed this. Get left behind. Yeah, we've discussed (laughs) this on the podcast before. When that was happening, I was actually considering building a pro stock car rather than a door slammer. And I went to the meeting when they decided to go 400. I said, this is ridiculous. It's even pairing between the Chryslers, the Fords and the Chevys in the 815 IHRA ranks. Why don't we go down that road? Uh, but they, they felt that they could bring some of the technology from their 340 cubes over to the 400s, which, you know, we know that the cylinder heads, camshaft, everything's going to be completely different, but that was the the thought at the time. But, yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah. But then, you know, then we put a blower on the car. You know, I was running A-gas with my original car, and I couldn't compete with the budget I had, and, the, you know, it was a cast-iron big block with... 454 crowd fuel injection, the roller cam, and you know, mm. we, we got that to do nine ones at 151. And then, you know, McCurdy and a few other guys, they were running 880s. So it was like, you know, I've got to go 10,000 rev big block with all the technology, or let's put a blower on it. So we put a blower on it, and straight away the car went 864 first pass on a 427 Chevy with an 871. 
and big skids, and that's what everybody loved. And it's like that's what's you know, it was wild bunch. Um, um. John, John, on that note, the wild bunch. There is a um, there is a famous world famous pass that uh, we, we've discussed it a few times. I think we've, we've played audio from it. It's on our introduction of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, when you race Brenda McSweeney uh, at uh, Calder Park. Yeah. <laughs> when when you got out on the yeah. grass, <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? I get out of there, so I hit the throttle, and the tail come around, and I got off it, and I went back on the track, and I hit the throttle again. And it just didn't feel like it was pulling right. I didn't realise I'd blown a big hole in the front end and it was catching wind and, you know, there was all sand and weeds coming out of the car behind me and that. So, um, yeah, got the win and it was all good fun. But that, that was actually, it wasn't actually Wild Bunch. It was... That was Exhibition uh, that of was Top the Door Slammer. Top Door Slammer mm. meeting. That was the first... Exhibition Top Door Slammer meeting, the very first one. Mm. Yep. At the Australian Nationals. Well, I think it was fitting for you and to win it. So that's... that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. John, I want to take you back just a couple of years before that. That's when I started going to the drags. I went to the drags for the first time. It was late 1992. You were racing a gentleman called from the US called Wayne Torkelson. And I remember finally yeah. going to the drags and thinking, oh, well, this guy's from America. And the perception has always been... I guess for new people that the Americans lead the way. That evening, I think from yeah. memory, you blitzed him three nil. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think he got one in because my parachutes. Your were parachutes out. did come out and very I, I early. I nearly beat him with my parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You did. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so that was the only one he beat me. I think he did. He did a. Oh, I can't. Yeah. And then out at seven o. And. Um, I must have run a bit slower because I had the parachutes out. But then after that, we went like six fifties, and yeah. he was just—he was still in the sevens, you know. Yeah. Um, the the other one that also came out was Kurt Coons. Kurt Coons, yeah. Yeah. Prior to that, and you know, we ran six fifty four, six and that back then, and and um, you know, we beat Kurt as well in Perth. Yeah. And we went Adelaide and top qualified and. And then we didn't finish the rest of the tour. That they went on to Willowbank and Sydney, but I couldn't couldn't make that. But um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, he copped a bit of a stir. And and actually, one of that meeting, yeah, there was actually a heap of American sailors in. They all come down to see Australia versus USA. So yeah. we did. <laughs> Um, t-shirts, hails that meeting. <laughs> yeah. No, you did, you did us proud, John. You did us proud. Um, I want to jump forward, probably, I guess, well, to be exact, September 2005. Um, I fondly, I wasn't there, obviously. It was in Sydney, but I fondly remember the news coming back to Perth. You were the first to run a five. Um, can you talk us through a bit about that? Well, yeah, that, that weekend... We travelled over east. Uh, I think our best was a six eleven or something like that. Mm. We went there and we qualified with a six oh eight. Yep. And then we come out for another run. We went six ten and it kicked the rod out in the broken area. It was like, oh, you know, we only had one engine. 
So we come back to the pits and then the weather come in and you know, we pulled this motor apart. We had it a million bits over all these plastic tables and there was rain coming in and we're trying to shield the side of it to stop the rain coming in and we worked all night and the sun came up and I went and laid down. But after rebuilding it and filing dents off the crank and we put another set of rods in it, the crank had a big dent in it but we made it made sure it was a low spot put it back together and we borrowed, borrowed a lifter and a, and a blower belt put that back together. The guys kept working on it while I went to try and get some sleep and I'd, I was laying in the bus above the air compressor and it was just... <laughs> so I put ear, earmuffs on and earplugs <laughs> and laid on <laughs> and I actually got a few hours of sleep and the boys kept going right through, you know, and then I got up and I was just about finishing it off and we sort of got it, got it going at lunchtime and we come out the first round and the thing goes 6012. <laughs> yeah. And uh, went under the record of a 602 and that's when Benny had the record at 602 and he was in the lane behind us, well, you know, he was in starting, staging lanes and watched us run 6.01 and we come back and backed it up with a 6.02 so the record was ours and then um, in the final against Gary Phillips um, we just someone, you know, there was 10 grand up for the win from um, Dano um, from the crane company that he had and um, there was that plus the win and everyone's going, go for the win and I'm going. I'm going for. I'm going for both. <laughs> so we just we give it a little bit on the clutch, and we, we just change a couple of things like minutest changes. Thinking, well, you know, the air's got better. Hopefully, the track holds. And so um, off we went, and then bang, got around Gary. He got this head start on me, and I drove around him near the center line, and brought it back, and top ended him. You know, went five ninety six to. 42, and uh, got the win. You know, and then I'm coming back down the return road. There was Dano in the stage in the return road with his checkbook. He wrote out the ten thousand dollar check. Yeah, I watched <laughs> so, it on yeah, TV. It was awesome. It was uh, it was epic to watch. Eh? It was definitely. Uh, I, I heard a rumor that um, that you guys were polishing the crank with uh, some some sandpaper and a shoestring. Is that true? Can you confirm that? Uh, we, a friend of mine, Sam, for the go-kart racer, he went home and got some acid that he used in, in um, go-karting to, to melt the aluminum off the metal because <laughs> it had all aluminium marks on it. And so we put acid on there and we, we etched all the aluminum that was stuck on the, on the steel and then we polished it and we went and borrowed some linishing tape off Sainty's and... And we were, we were measuring and polishing, measuring, polishing, making sure that the the dent would, it had become a low spot and it wasn't going to grab the bearing, you know. Yeah. And every run we put a new big end bearing in it. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> John. And that was it. We had no spare engine in those days. We fixed what we had, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. John, this year, 2017, you, you you made the big step and you went to the US. Um, 
I mean, we, Simon and myself, we followed you. We watched every race we could, got up. Well, no, it wasn't that early. Actually, it was quite convenient to watch it on a Saturday morning. Yeah, no, we were at the workshop, we're, and, yeah. and we, we had a break it. from what we were doing. <laughs> PDRA were, were, were good enough to live stream it into it all over the world, obviously. So we watched you, you know, um, yeah. I think it was the Virginia. No, it was at Benson, North Carolina, the one that we watched. But... Yeah. Uh, can you talk us through a lot has been said about the car the Camaro is was completely different to the Monaro we all understand that but I think to our average listener looking from the outside I probably think that they're the same they're nothing alike so can you talk us through like yeah the transition from driving a clutch right-hand drive car to a torque converter left-hand drive car and being able to at your first attempt, qualify so high. <laughs> I mean, I, I, as a driver, it, it, you know, I can't get my head around it. So can you can you shed some light on it? Yeah, well, the first, you know, I started driving this thing and I had a right-hand brake lever mm. instead of a left-hand brake lever. I was, I was sitting on the left. <laughs> had, you know, vision problems with the, with the engine on that side, but, you know, really it's no different, but it, it, it was different. Um, to get used to the brakes weren't real flash and the car just wanted to go and i'm hanging on to the brake from grim death so it was like the car's got control of me and i'm just barely managing to stage it and then you know the tree as soon as you stage and then it's like oh i would put my foot flat get on the two-step <laughs> oh i'm gonna drop the button you know and i was doing 400 lights and by the time you know, I had to manually think about, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. You know? <laughs> so through qualifying, I was it was woeful, and I was, and I was going all over the track, and it was rattling. And so each run, they got it better and better. And then, um, you know, I did a bit of adjusting to the steering because what was straight on the steering wasn't straight on the racetrack. So, uh, you know, I was staging the wheels crooked, basically. Um, and then, you know, it was coming on and it was just like a whack in the back as it pushed you back in this pretty lightweight car. And, um, so we ended up qualifying with a 369 and we practiced. We ran a 369 as well. Uh, and then that was at Tulsa and then, the, then it rained out. So yeah. then we went back and Jamie Noonan just said, look, let's, let's just put the 4.9 motor in it and put your clutch in and your manual and all the stuff that you want to do. And I said, yep, no worries. So we uh, changed the whole lot. I had to make headers. I'd modified headers from a 4.8 Hemi cut flange off, spread them apart, and then made them fit on the 4.9 motor um, and just did all the, all the mods and fabrication to make it all fit. Put the Bonifone bell housing and the Bonifone lock-up clutch, yep. and a three-speed B&J transmission. They've got a tow shaft made up for it. But um, that first meeting, the car weighed 23.05 after the first run, and the minimum weight's 23.50. So that was only practice, so then we put some weight in it, and we ran the car at 23.60 pounds after the run. Okay. Once we put the 4.9 in and the titanium clutch, the car weighed 20. 420 and we went to Benson and started a run and you know first it, it rattled this way it rattled that way and then you know ended up giving the wall a bit of a graze 
goes scratch the coil panel up. Luckily, it was very light. It only just touched the exhaust pipe, and it was pretty embarrassing, though, for me as a driver. But on some of them first runs, you know, I'd, I'd get out the car at the other end, and I was, like, sh- shaking and quivering. <laughs> You know, heavy, heavy breathing and <laughs> what just happened. Yeah, but you... But then once I put the manual in, I had the brake lever and I had a clutch lever and straight away I felt more confident in the car because then I pushed the clutch in, it disengaged the drive, I had the brake and I felt a lot more in control of the car. Plus it was like what I do here other than I'd swapped hands, you know. Nonetheless, Um, after making all those changes, you still managed to qualify fourth at your first event with with the manual in the car. That's incredible. Yeah, with the manual in the car, I went 366, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, this is starting to work. And then (laughs) we went a 370 the next day, and they're going, okay, it's starting to repeat now. And I'm going, right. You know, I told them it would take a few runs to get the clutch where I want it to be, and then... From there, we can fine-tune it. So then we come out first round, and we've got one of the Swede Camaros next to us, and um, I just went, right, and we bled the brakes that day, and that was another huge thing. All of a sudden, I really, the brakes were working properly. I could stage the car better. We got more start line revs, and I went, I can do this. And come out and cut an 065 light, and... Uh, had my first win in America, you know, with a 368 um, at 214. So it was like, okay, the speed's starting to come up. So then we had the other Swede, which was the number one qualifier. So I was like, right, guys, we need to set this thing up. Right? <laughs> so um, they did, but we sort of only give it from, from two seconds onwards. We, we, they put more power in. They didn't do nothing in, in the first bit, and we just give it a little bit more clutch to get it off the start line a bit. Next minute we come out and it went 362, 216.9, nearly it's 217 mile an hour. And, and I thought I'd got him. Like, you know, he, I left I left on him. He cut a 181 light, which is pretty bad. And I did a 149, which was pretty bad as well. But I still got the whole shot. But he was past me by 60 foot because he went 907, 60 foot. And I went 962, 60 foot. So, yeah, he, he, he had his car dialed in. He got past me, and then I started to run him in and just ran out of racetrack. And, uh, and I went flying past him in the braking area with six mile an hour on what he was doing. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I see you have come flying past me. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so we missed, we missed that one by 300, you know. And again, reaction time would have won me the race. You know, yeah. so it was like beating up on myself, and so we, we went away. We looked at what we were doing there, and then we went, okay, this thing needs. We need to speed up the 60 foot. So uh, we changed the ratio in the BMJ. We went through and serviced everything, made sure everything was good. So I'd get a little bit of weight out of it, and then uh, we come back for the Virginia, um, and we put fresh tyres on it again, Virginia. Fresh Hoosiers, and uh, so the first couple will, you know, bedding the tyres in well, but the car was going left. Yeah. Um, so then after doing, you know, we, we still got to go down the track. I towed it up and down until I got the steering to point straight and the car to go straight with the golf buggy pushing it. 
And then I went, right, so we went out and then I was getting down the track and we went 368, 368, 365, 364, 365, you know, so it was the most consistent car in the field. It went down every qualifier, a couple of tracks, runs were aborted, but from then on it went down every run and it basically got quicker every run. Uh, fourth qualifier, we went 365, we lost the hundreds, and then we came out first round. Um, we won that, the other car broke down, and we went 364 or 365 on that run mm-hmm. at 2.13 or something like that, and then we come back and I went, right, now we've got number one qualifier again, who's run a 354. So I said, guys, we need a tenth. You need to step this tune up, up like it's now or never. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, and I need to cut a light. But anyway, we need horsepower first, and we need some ET. So they mucked around with the timing and they opened lean outs, and and then they said, how much clutch do you reckon we can throw at it? And we said, oh, yeah, I reckon we could throw a turn and base at it and give it some more spring pressure off the line. So get the ET and. Um, we did and went out and you know, I cut a 129 light, which is a bit slow, and uh, the other guy did an 078. So he got the jump on the line, but I started to reel him in. Again, thought I'd got him, couldn't tell who'd won at the finish line, but we went uh, 354, 218, and he went 358, 216. So we ended up with top speed of the event, uh, almost matched low ET of the event, which was only by thousands. Yeah. And uh, we went a nine nine twenty six sixty foot two four zero three thirty, and you know it was like everyone was pretty happy, even though we'd lost and I'd lost on a whole shot again, lost by two hundreds. God, I could have done hundred light, you know, hundred and ten light. Yeah. Done. <laughs> But anyway, so still beating myself up over that one because then he went on to win the meeting and he ran a 129 light in the final and won the meeting. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right. And he went the same time and he went 354 in the final. That was um, Terry, I think he was doing that. So with a Mustang. But but the next um, but so, the next day, John, you redeemed yourself. <laughs> you redeemed yourself in front of the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's so, it. Well, we you know we looked at the figures and we went, wow, this is going to be fast. We're going to run tomorrow. We wanted to run that night, and they the curfew got us, and they said you can't. I said, but what, what about tomorrow? And they went, oh, no, oh, we can't promise anything. And I said, look, there's no way I'm driving back home for eleven months to ponder what could have been. Like, that ain't happening. <laughs> so the next day they said, all right, follow pro-nitrous out. So the pro-nitrous final was run. Okay. And then um, we followed them out. And uh, so it was just a solo, but it took me time staging. Uh, I took probably a little bit too long. I come in really slow because I always just wanted to be fine. Mm. But then... As I was waiting for the lights, and then the lights cantered down, and I was, I wasn't even worried about trying to cut a light on the tree. I just wanted to get the car stage right and go. And then I noticed in the corner of my eye, the car started moving. 
and it was creeping, so it was time to go. Um, <laughs> so it already rolled the beams a bit, and and we lost three numbers early. It went, and he went three fifty six instead of three twenty six. Mm. So nine fifty six instead of three nine twenty six, and um, so it lost three hundreds there. Got out, it went left, got out of the groove. I steered it back in, and it um, lost four hundreds by the eighth mile. So it went three fifty eight at the eighth. At only 2.15, and three mile an hour down at half track. And then we continued on down the track, and then it went over to the right, and it was near the cones, and I brought it back. And bang, you know, it was uh, <laughs> the quickest ever by a blown car. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty... It, it was amazing. Pretty happy. The guy come down and he rattled off all the numbers. <laughs> it sounded <it's> <laughs> like... And it was like... It sounded like you had to drive it half a no. mile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but so, it, it looked angry in the first <laughs> the first half of the track too. Like there was some commentary that you'd tamed it down. It actually looked angrier in the first part of the track by a yeah. significant amount. No, it, it looked it looked angry and it, and it went left and got out of the groove, so it wasted a bit there, wasted a bit by rolling in the beams, which ended up a deep stage, but. All in all, it was a really good run, and uh, you know, it was within two hundredths of the ultimate world record by the turbo cars, which was a five four zero. So that we're, we're number two in the world with doors, yep. number one yep. in the world with a supercharger. Um, so, and and that time held through the meeting at uh, Las Vegas last weekend, where uh, John Stanley managed to do 266 and take our top speed off us, but uh, we still got the, the quickest ET, hopefully for a little while. <laughs> hopefully until I get back there and sort it out properly. So, so you know, 10-time champ, world record, Australian, numerous Australian records, first into, uh, I think you'd be the first at everything just about. What's next for John Zapier? <laughs> Well, we come home after that and uh, we set the record at Sydney with a 5.62 and then we improved again to a 5.60. That set the record and then broke a blowabout in the semis due to a cracked crankshaft. So that ended our run at Sydney. But we're 26 points from Paul Moyet. Yeah. Uh, his leading point. Um, and then what's next, I suppose, is uh, we just concentrate now on the Australian Championship and trying to get back up to number one, try and finish uh, in front for the 11th year. Um, and so we're racing this weekend at Perth Motorplex. Yep. Uh, yep. On the 2nd of December, depending whether this is going to be the run before or after. No, this this will be out tomorrow um, night. So. Yeah, yeah, this will be okay. outdoor. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll be on the weekend. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to PRI show on Tuesday. So I'm just going back to the States for a week and uh, go and talk to all the sponsors and uh, catch up with all the people that supported me over there. Yep. And uh, see if there's any other sponsors that want to jump on board and support us uh, here in Australia and over there in America with the 60 basically I've got to put something together you know, between now and next August 
and uh, get a budget and some consumables to go and uh, do another three, the last three PDRA meets again. Um, we also want to run one of the the summit showdown at the summit, which is a quarter mile meet. Yep. They have an expression session where you can run quarter mile unweighted. Uh, and then you have to put weight in for the rest of the event or and or re- re- drop overdrive and stuff like that. So we'll adapt to whatever the rules are. And you know, anything we drop down to, we're heading towards the HQ tuna. Yeah. Okay. So we know that I think we can run like 25, 50 pounds with a, with a D rotor at 92 over. We can run 2,600 pounds with a C rotor at 92 over, which would be very similar to what I'm doing here. Um, but the car would be lighter by 100 to 150 pounds. So that'll still still be a fast race car. Um, and then we want to, you know, hopefully be in a position to be able to go back and do Las Vegas Streetcar Super Nationals next year. Yeah, okay. In uh, November. If you got the funding, would you consider... Uh, racing in HRA? Well, yeah, we considered that, and I got accepted into NHRA for the last four meetings of the, the season. Problem is, uh, you know, I'm used to being at the front end of the pack, and I didn't just want to go in there to try and make up the field or, or to even, you know, try to qualify without testing. Yep. So um, it's all doable. Well, the other thing was, you know, I paid money to get a car that's really lightweight with heaps of titanium and carbon fibre and everything in it. And, you know, so you get a 23, 2,500-pound car and then you go and put a small blower on it and put another 200 pounds of ballast in it to make it 2,600 pounds. So, and get rid of the lock-up clutch. So, you know, all of those things didn't really excite me. Mm. As far as, you know, running in front of an NHRA crowd, yeah, that'd be exciting. Um, being able to cut it with Manzo and Castanella and, and all those guys would be exciting. But I'm a realist and, you know, they've got lots and lots of money being thrown at that. Everybody in that class is a rich businessman that throwed lots of money at that class. So I'd be kidding myself to say that I'm just going to go there and go straight to the top. Because that's, you know, I know I'm capable of doing that, but I think. Yes, with a budget, I could do that for sure. Now, now speaking of you need the right budget to do that, you know. Sp- speaking of that, John, do you do you you know have you felt over the last ten years? Because I mean, let's face it, here in Australia, a lot of the competitors that you've beaten year after year have had extraordinary budgets compared to yours. Have you felt from time to time like you've had a huge target on your back and everyone's trying to gun you down? Oh. Sure. I mean, they're, they're all spending millions of dollars now and uh, trying to beat us. And, uh, you know, there, there was that many American tuners brought into top door slammer for Sydney meeting. Um, so, yeah, there was probably the most contingent of American tuners over here trying to tune people up, people spending big dollars, people, <laughs> you know, there's... There's a lot been thrown at it over the years, and they, they've they've upped the ante of late, and uh, you know there's definitely a bigger 
a bigger attack, more cars, better quality. You know, some people have said, oh, we've got no competition over there. And maybe that uh, was true in a sense so many years ago, but I'm telling you now, it's it's stepping up big time. You know, when you had three or four cars running a low 70, and, Mm. you know, Scotty McLean running the 65, and... I mean, they're there, and they're not leaving much on the table. We just, we just got to keep putting the pressure on. Yeah, they're the, going fast. As soon as we go fast, that puts the pressure on them that they're not doing the right thing, and then they start trying too hard. It seems as though that the rules have kind of been a little bit laxed with, with uh, you know, bodies and so on. Scotty's Monaro or whatever it is, and you know, Capiris's car, and some of the other yeah. cars that have been out does it frustrate you a little bit that you've you've done this all legally you've worked hard it's been hard work and trying different things i mean i know how much you you try at the local track and how many laps you'd have you'd have probably 10 times as many laps uh than any other door slammer team in the country on that car and you've I mean, you've shown everyone the way. You've shown how fast they need to be at 3.30 and so on and so forth for them to run the numbers. Does it frustrate you that, you know, the rule makers sort of seem to give lenience to everyone else? Yeah, they, they certainly do. Anything I want to do, I get, you know, hauled over the coals for it. And, um, you know, I've got the most standard body, standard body shape. Then you've got a top roof. The roof's full width, um, you know... I've got too much wing on the car, which is a lot of drag, so that that's affecting my top speed mm. compared to these other Mustangs and Tomatoes. Um, but you know, it's a stable car, and I can I'd rather have a safe car than and lose one or two mile an hour than um, you know be loose all over the track. Um, but yeah, it does. It's frustrating. They keep letting more and more stuff happen that you know you and me would try to do it and they'd say no and then everyone else says yes you know and then they bring an american car in so they change the rules but the rules were always made against us and uh so you know i've just had to keep everything squeaky clean because i know that you know they're all whinging and the rule makers get thrust upon us by people that are whinging so we've got to be squeaky clean they're everything right otherwise we go down. It's going to be embarrassing for us and our sponsors, you know. And it's mm. just we've never had to do it in the past, so why do it in the future? Yeah, John. Speaking of, of, I mean, I guess publicity and being out there, the 400 Thunder this week made an announcement that they've secured a deal with Seven Mates. So, what are your thoughts on that? Are you, are you excited by this? Oh, definitely. I mean, yep. that's that was my biggest criticism of 400 Thunder was that they took the show off SBS Speed Week, mm. which was free to eat. Yep. And, 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 you know, even myself, I I didn't have Fox over the last two years, so I never got to see one run or one show of 400 Thunder that was on Foxtel. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I can probably afford, I can afford Foxtel, but there's other people that can't. And uh, now it's on free to air, That's and it's a good channel. Mm-hmm. So I think... Awesome. It's definitely a step in the right direction. You know, we've got a two-hour show for top door slammer and top bike, so that's you know basically an hour each. So that's that's back to where we were when things were peaking 
um, was the way we had it before. And, um, you know, you need an hour show. You need to show every qualifier. You need to do the pit interviews and all that, you know. You can't just go and show three runs on race day and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it costs a lot of money and you need to show all the ins and outs and the characters of the sport Mm. rather than just the racing, you know. Sure. So I'm really excited about that and hopefully... Um, you know they do a good job of it, and the sponsors like it, and uh, and that's what keeps us going. Without sponsorship, yep. we'll uh, grind to a halt, or we'll save up all year, and we'll do one or two races and park it again. You know? Yep. So we need sponsors. Yep. All right, John. Look, we'll we'll let you get back to the car. I know you've got a fair bit of work to do, so we'll we'll wrap it up here. Where can we find you? I know Zapier Racing on Facebook. If people go on there, you've got a website www.zapierracing.com.au. Are there any other avenues yeah, well, people Zaps, can Zapstrap Zapstrap Zapstrap.com.au. Oh, okay. Yep. Zapstrap. Um, and um, oh, yeah, that's I think if you're Facebook. On... And yeah, Facebook. Mall, but, uh, yep. Facebook. Yep. There's uh, Zapier Racing on Facebook, as well as my private one. And uh, my private one's full. We've got about 5,000 friends on there. So, unfortunately, yeah. I've got 1,000 friends wanting to be friends that I can't put on because you put someone on, it puts somebody off. Yeah. Um, so, basically, if, if everyone goes to Zapier Racing, finds Zapier Racing on Facebook yep. and then likes it, yep. then you can communicate with me and you can see all our updates and, and all, of, all the activity that we'll do. We'll be putting through Zapier Racing first before we share it privately. Yeah. No, well, mate, on behalf of Nick and, and all our fans out there, we hope you get number 11. We're going to be rooting for you, that's for sure. Definitely. Th- thanks for taking the time yeah. out from your busy schedule to have a chat to us. Thanks, John. Well, and just I'd like to thank all my uh, sponsors and crew, and especially Fuchs and Danani Hotshots. Um, yeah, the Fuchs Monaro and the Fuchs, um, Fuchs Monaro and Danani Hotshots are Konani rides for the car. So without them, I wouldn't be doing this full time. Yep. And uh, you know all the all the small sponsors that help out in every way possible, and, and all my crew that are volunteers and uh, come and help out and. John, one thing I've noticed... Sorry to cut you off there, but one thing I've noticed about your crew, I've been going to the drags, as I said, since 92. A lot of those guys are the same guys from back in 92 and probably a lot earlier than that as well. So, you know, I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're the same guys and, you know, I've taken them around the country and uh, sometimes you get a little bit of a holiday between racing, but not not very much, but... um, they've, you know, I suppose they've been excited by our performances and that's kept them enthused to keep yeah. on uh, helping. The same, it's the same with the sponsors. Everyone wants to back a winner. Mm. And uh, so, no, it's been really good. And, then, and those guys have all stayed with us and they haven't gone off onto other crews trying to be crew chiefs and big know themselves somewhere else. They've, they've just stayed with us yeah. or, or they don't come anymore, you know, so it's... Uh, you're going to try and find some time for fishing this year, John? 
Oh, I'd like to, yeah. I'm, I'm racking my brain all the time how I can fit some in. But <laughs> 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 don't know. We'll see. Maybe on the way home from the Nationals in February, we might be able to stop at Fowler's Bay and uh, throw a line in. But that's, yeah, not going to be much time for it, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, well, good luck with everything, John. Yeah, and thanks for your time tonight. All right, thank you. Thanks, Take mate. Care. See, well, you. Well. See you. See ya. Bye. All right, well, there you have it. You heard it from the man himself, the, the driver, tuner, and builder of Australia's uh, quickest top the holder of the world record for the quickest pass over a quarter mile for a Dord car mm-hmm. with with a lot more to go. I mean, it's incredible. Don't you? Like, I, I just, let's go through the chronology of this, right? So he gets in the car. He's never driven a left-hand drive mm. drag car before or an automatic with a two-step. Never driven a two-step car before. Gets in there, first event, qualifies third. Third at the first event. That's correct. Pulls out the auto. Puts mm-hmm. a clutch in it, right? Handbrake, etc., etc. Qualifies fourth. Well, we should add he wasn't able to compete in that episode. He uh, qualified third because it got rained out. So yeah, it was rained out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's following event, does all this work in between, mm. comes out with a completely different setup. Yeah. Qualifies fourth, right? Goes to the semis. Semis. That's correct. Right. And then comes out at the next meeting. Where did he qualify at the last meeting? Fourth. Fourth. And, and made and it to the semis. Made it to the well. semis again. Yep, that's correct. And then, and then the day after, resets the world record. Yeah. And he's only two hundredths off the all time record, which is held by the El General, I think. Ho- yeah, that's correct. El Generale, uh, Jose Gonzalez. That's 5.40. Yeah, to know that one. Yeah. T- slower, but slower incredible what a bloke so we'd just like to take the time to thank John for that because that was a considerable amount of time out of his maintenance and, and working on the car and his sponsors too sponsors Fox, his crew Danini yeah crew and, and the people that have helped him along the way get to where he is I 10 mean, time champ yeah 10 hopefully time 11 yeah hopefully 11 I mean the, the 10 championships have been fairly recent but if you look down memory lane with John Zapier there's oh, a lot of mate First into the sevens, first into the sixes, first into the fives. Yep. So, yeah, we really anyway, appreciate his time. I want to get this over and done with. Right, We're going to go from the highlight to the low light. <laughs> Supercars. A... What happened, Nick? Oh, look, there's a lots of things I want to talk about. Is this the, the Brock Factorage? Is this the Brock Factorage? Oh, look, I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on the Triple Eight and the and and what happened with Penske. What I do want to say is the the one thing I will say: the crowd really turned out. They had sixty six or sixty two thousand for the Sunday event. Mate, I have heard so many people commenting about mm. how fast, how efficient, how fantastic a job mm. they did to get this Newcastle track on board. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, I mean, there was a lot of sketchy funding going on, mm. right? I, we needed to do those drains anyway, but <laughs> a lot of people would argue, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Newcastle that, you know, pay rates there that are going, you know, we just pumped a, a heap of money into this that well, we shouldn't have. But anyway, yeah. anyway, nonetheless, um, they still had dramas, 
the, the, the track broke up quite significantly. Sadly, it was on the racing line. Mm-hmm. Um, so the patch up on Saturday evening was concrete. And now, as you know, Sunday morning, that concrete was pretty fresh. No adhesion at all. Look, racing is racing. It was even for all the cars. Just wasn't a good look. We're not talking about a potter hole here. We're talking about 30-meter lengths of concrete patch-ups, uh, not just on one corner, but on several corners. And this for... is why the supercar people should not get involved in civil works. Mm-hmm. Leave yep. that to the drag racing community. <laughs> we have people like Moitz that can do this sort of stuff. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I didn't... I don't want to mock Newcastle people. I think the the, the crowd really turned out. <laughs> you haven't been there. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. But I think I have. <laughs> I think from a from a publicity point of view, I think that they all the bells and whistles were certainly there. Oh, the event was a success. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. The outcome of the racing and the outcome of the championship was a yeah, disaster. It was. It was. You know what makes racing great like we saw in the MotoGP is where it goes down to the wire. Mm. And to have Scotty cop this penalty, right? How yeah. come he was the only one that copped the speeding penalty? Well, no, actually, Fabian Fabian copped it as well, but both <laughs> both Penske cars copped it. But I can't understand how Shane Van Gisbergen was saying. literally touching his bumper. Not touching, I'll, I'll rephrase that, but right, coming in right behind him. How come did, he didn't cop it? No, no. I don't understand that. Now, that put them back, way back in the pack and fighting oh, for the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, killed, killed the championship yeah, hopes. Yeah. You know? Yep. The other thing I want to talk about, and I touched on it at Bathurst this year, I reckon the skill and the demeanour and the just the general ethics shown in V8 supercars and the Super 2 drivers is poor. Now, people can argue with me as much as they want. The SV, Shane Van Gisbergen's move on David Reynolds on the Saturday, that debacle in the Super 2 race between the two Nissan guys, that, that is embarrassing. Taking each other out on the last third or fourth last corner of the last lap is, is is embarrassing. If I was running that team, they'd both be sacked. Did they, were they are these guys lining themselves up for some Force India action or what? Oh, it was, <laughs> is that what's going on? I mean, I can understand that the Force India guys, there was a couple of incidents at high speed. This was not at high speed. It, this was embarrassing. And I feel that the... the you know who showed the best skill of the weekend, in my opinion, was the young lady, Simona. She actually made some moves on the racetrack, Simon. <laughs> I was, on the track. I wasn't sure where you were going there, Nick. <laughs> that were really impressive, and she got she got around a number of, of, of drivers, and she showed good promise and good speed. I didn't see much from anyone else, with the exception of Craig Lowndes. I'm anyway, a Lowndes listen, fan. listen, I really just want to, you know, get this V8 supercar thing over and done with because... It's done. I can't it, believe, I can't believe that, you know, the beginning of this season, mm. right, the skill, the the attention to detail that the uh, the Penske Shell V-Power team showed, yep. you know, I thought for sure they were going to get it in the bag. Mm. But, you know, in the tradition of uh, Peter Brock, mm. <laughs> sketchy rulings on, uh, you know, aerodynamic aids on Texaco and whatever, Sierras or whatever it was, Oxo. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Texaco or Oxo? Uh, both. Both, yeah, both. Yeah. It was meant to be fuel infractions, this and that. Somehow the, the Commodore that, I don't know, was in 15th spot or something. <laughs> they had disqualify all the cars in front of him to give him the win. The other question <laughs> I have for you, you probably haven't seen it. I'll show you on my phone a bit later on. There's a photo of 
the other photo appears to be Jamie Winkup doing a burnout. Literally, you know what? I'm going to pause for here and I'm going to show you the photo. Now, I'm just showing you a photo of Jamie Winkup. Where is that? At Newcastle in the pit area. My God, that kid is right next to the tire. Mm-hmm. That's a... Uh... This is you know, an you know, elephant this, in the this, room moment. This reminds me of uh, Motivation, the year you went with, um, uh, I think it was your eldest child. Yeah, Nicholas, yep. And, yep. and some bogan started doing a, in a Commodore. Yeah. You wouldn't see that photo in a Falcon, would you? No. People would argue it wouldn't be able to do a burnout, but... <laughs> anyway, that's another elephant in the room that I have that seems to be not getting any... Anyway, listen, at least Traction. Ford won Manufacturer of the Year. Yep. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the fan of the the fan the fan choices was went to Shell V Power, our best presented team, and most popular driver, Scott McLaughlin. So, you know, you know, does it mean anything? No. Didn't win a championship. Dave Reynolds got the Barry Sheen. I'd be yeah. if I was racing, that's the medal I'd want. Yeah. Barry yeah. Sheen medal. Yeah. He was a top bloke, that guy. And I'm not understanding how Jamie Wynn Cup I, I just sound like a triple eight hater, <laughs> but how Jamie Wincup won the driver's driver award. But anyway, we, we move on to 2018. My rant. That was my rant for this episode, by the way. We, we haven't had a rant for a while. <laughs> Have and, coming off the high of talking to John Zapp here, we're probably, it's probably not appropriate to be having rants. But no. Anyway, no, mate, I, 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 I actually, I was going to, I was going to ask him, you know, like that poor guy, every, we, went with him for a whole season mm. with, with the BA. Mm. You know, went track to track. He towed the car around for us. And, man, that car used to get stripped so often, you know, that looking for something. There's nothing. The guy just is, is more committed and more devoted than any other guy running in door slammer and probably anyone ever will be. That's right. The other guys now, you know, the... the uh, uh, Scott McLean's and mm. uh, uh, Moitz and... Yep. Um, uh, Spinozzi coming into it now, they're checkbook races. Even if they do beat him, right? Even if they somehow manage to, you know, get all the planets to alive, it's going to be a hollow victory because there's a guy who's self-made. Yeah. You know, he started off, you know, basically, well, you heard the story. He was mm. hooked like I was, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... You know, I hope, I really, really hope he wins number 11. Mm, yep. And, and uh, you know, I'd like to see him go on in the US. And, yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, it's a big development program to go to the NHRA deal. But yeah. uh, how awesome would it be to see oh, him? Yeah. I can, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Formula One. That's been run and won as well. Abu Dhabi, that's, that's concluded their Formula One season. They've actually unveiled their new logo, which is absolutely terrible. Oh, I haven't seen it. All right. I want to see this check, logo. Check this out. Check this check, out. Check it out. I'll pause it again. There you go. So, there it is. So you said to me that it looked like a dog turd, but that it actually does. looks like Scarletrick's track. Oh, it looks like... It, it does look like dog... <laughs> no, what, dog what turd this? looks like, like a Mr. Whippy ice cream. That that looks like uh, a Scarletrick's track. It's trademarked. Be careful. Yeah, Be careful. What's yeah. this? What's this? Is that is that? So that's, that's the a, F. But how is that an F? It comes up from here. That's an F there. That's an F. This is not an F. No, that's an F. How is it an F? It doesn't. It's when I get my when I write an F, I don't. It's li listen. Can you see the symbolism there? That's a corner. It's a yeah. corner. See. Yeah. I, so is this. That's a corner. That's, What's a, this? Yeah, that's two, a straight. Two yeah. corners. That's a straight. 
Not feeling it. Not no? feeling it at all. No. That you know, Nick, terrible. I'm telling you now, right, from my experience with big corporations, they would have spent millions of dollars oh, to get yeah, that developed. Probably some guy there and some a team of people. Team of people, yeah. definitely. Drawing they would have track. they would have worked hard to change the colour. So I reckon they chose red. You know why? Because mm-hmm. I reckon that they're gonna get Ferrari off the board now. Well, the, we gave you the moves. red. The logo's red. There you go. There's your. <laughs> there is moves to have Ferrari not removed, but uh, relinquish their veto powers. So anyway, we anyway. Yeah, so that's the new logo, that's right? The new logo. Well, the one I'm. What I'm interested in about this coming season mm. is the three engine rules. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where's that going to leave Honda and Renault? Well, Honda will only be. Supplying engines to Christian Horner's um, second-rung team, which is Toro Rosso, and hence Christian's disapproval of this this rule. Now, the rule, in fairness to Formula One, the rule was always from the get-go by 2018 will be down to three. He wanted but, that yeah, changed. Why don't they bring this in for top fuel? <laughs> <laughs> Three engines per, three, per meat. Three three sets of spark plugs. That's it. You're done. That's a good question. I but look, I Christian NHRA. You need to think about this. <laughs> You're talking about the cost blowing out. One clutch, three engines. And there's a. You have to start at the rear of the staging lines. <laughs> if you get a you get an engine penalty, that's it. You gotta. What do they say? You gotta give him the gap. You the give gap. Him. He wants to drive. You gotta give fuel, him the back eh? tire. You gotta give him the back tire. Sorry, Stevie Jackson yeah. wants to drive top fuel. He does. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Christian Horner is he's, he's getting quite upset about the whole deal. Doesn't believe that you know the three engines uh, would be in his favour, and I tend to agree. Given that Daniel had a, another failure, I believe it was hydraulic failure at this race, but. Nonetheless, it was still a failure. <laughs> they got hydraulic lifters in it. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's not happy with it. <laughs> no one in Formula One knows how to adjust tappets. <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> the thing is, though, Nick, right? Yeah. It's all about cost cutting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, we've got we've got quotes here when they're talking about yep. how much they blow on the dyno. How many engines they destroy in the dyno? So there is no cost cutting. No, there's no cost. If they wanted to cut costs, they should say, well, you know, you're allowed a couple of motors every every race or three mm. motors every race, but the motors from the manufacturer can only cost this much. Yeah, yep. You know, which the manufacturer might have something to say, but you know what? They might end up with I don't know. LS Focus mode LS ones, LS ones, Formula S- LS one. There you go. That'd be good. The powdered rods. So look, I mean, it's it's an interesting time ahead for Formula One. Uh, the new Halo system comes out next year as well. Whether that improves safety, well, I think it will improve safety. The look of the sport. I don't know. I don't. I'm not not one way or another on it. Really, it doesn't improve the look of the car. Certainly not, but if it's if it's something towards safety, hey, look, I'm all for it. But um, yeah, that's... I you know I reckon that's the biggest problem with motorsport now is we're too worried about safety. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. look, don't get me wrong, right? If you're just a you know, like backyard racer, let's call mm. it, right? I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Mm. But when they're getting paid 
you know, 18, 20 million dollars a year. Mm. Well, there's got to be some risk involved, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't think there's a hell of a lot of skill involved in there. From, from what I've seen, these things just about drive themselves nowadays. So, <laughs> you know. In fact, I've heard... Have you seen the Jerry Pickle ProMod kit? Yes, Pro I mod have. starter kit. Yes. Yeah, I heard. I heard. There's. Well, I don't know if, if you've seen that video. If you haven't, check it out. Jerry Bickle Pro Mod starter kit. Right. He talks about the history of Pro Mod and so on. Ironically, ironically, he goes on about you know the auto shift, etc., etc. Zap, who's the quickest supercharged racer in the world, right? And and nearly the quickest door slammer by by two hundredths of a second. Uh, Zap runs a pedal clutch mm. <laughs> and he shifts it manually. <laughs> so no two-step, none of that stuff. So, uh, yeah. But, but anyway, what I was saying is he does another video prior to that one. I think it was an April Fool's video um, of, of a drone pro mod. No, that's Tim McCannis you're talking oh, sorry, about. Sorry, Tim McCannis, yes. not Jerry Bickle. Yeah, yeah, Tim McCannis. Tim... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, gold. Yeah, I yeah. love Tim McCannis. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is. He's classic. Um, so, yeah, he does... So. I think that that's where we're at now with the Formula One, right? And I told, I've said this before. I think it's time that Formula One embraces new technology, right, and gets rid of the drivers altogether. Yeah. And we're going driverless, right? And and think about all the new sponsors you could bring in. You could have Uber. You could have Deliveroo. Uber Eats. Domino's. Domino's, yeah. And they're going autonomous as well. Yeah. Well, you can't see the benefits here? You don't have to pay these dickheads millions of dollars either, you know? Just to have them whinge. Oh, I can't believe the motor blew up. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Dude, with the amount of money you get paid, you shouldn't give a shit if the motor blew In fact, you should be happy. You should be like, oh, I get to go home early. <laughs> I'm going to Monaco to hang out with some girls. <laughs> Big-breasted women. Instead of whinging about it, you know, like, oh, like you had a chance of winning the championship. You're in a shit car with a shit engine. You're not going to win. Nah, Give it right. up. Anyway. Speaking of kits, have you seen Tim McCannis's radio kit? No. Yeah, you got to watch that. Oh, really? Gold. It's What's the right? It, it's got to be some sort I of traction control. No, no, nah, nah, I can't repeat it. It's, it's a kit that he supplies for his cars for radio races. Again, in tongue and cheek, obviously, but it's it's gold. Really, I've got to check this out. Yeah, YouTube. I don't have. I've not seen this. YouTube, that one. It's, it must be an old gold. one. Yeah, it is. It's uh, probably two, or three years old. Wow. We'll we'll play it later. I can't play it on the air. No, I can't. No, seriously, too much. It's, it's you got to have that Triple J warning. Oh, speaking of which, what's with the hottest one hundred? Is not going to be on Australia Day. No, you you tell. I was going to bring that up actually. You explain that to me. I, Your radio I, station. Well, you know, I'm look. The thing is, though, right, you want to argue about the date, that's fine, but have it on another bloody public holiday, you know, because it's become a bit of a tradition in, in my household mm. that we have a barbecue, we have a few drinks, we watch, we actually, this is true, this is 100% true, we watch old Australian car movies. Oh. So we have Triple J playing in the background yeah. and we watch Running on Empty, mm. Shaker Run. Oh. Uh we watched some American ones too. Two Lane Blacktop. Oh, yeah. Whatever we can download for free. Running from the Guns. Have you ever seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. a good one. Yep, that's a yep. good one. Um, Which is the one with the Cobra? Running from the Guns. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, with, yeah. Um, the GT with the, the tow bar. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. race hitch. Yeah. Because yeah. there was an option, obviously, back in the day <laughs> for a race hitch to tow a caravan with behind your XY GT. 
<laughs> it was a HO, actually, I think. It was a HO, yeah. Yeah, running from the guns. I wonder John what Blake. It, what it's like shifting a top loader with a caravan. <laughs> or a tinny on the back. A tinny would be fun. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR. I just we haven't talked about NASCAR all year, really. We we, uh, we, we have. Well, we we. But there hasn't been any. There nah. hasn't been any really good fights. That's nah, why we. No, nah, we, we, we sort talked. of switched off after that Joey Logano and Kyle Busch incident. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it round it, it finished up on the weekend. Martin Truex Jr. got his first maiden uh, championship victory in NASCAR. It's good to see uh, the furniture. They're, they're not a privateer team, but they kind of are. They're, they're as close to a privateer team as you'd probably get. So Barney, Nick, Lisa, Nick, they're not. NASCAR teams employ two hundred people. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're the furniture row team. They're, they're close to what I would call. They're the closest to privateers we're probably going to get. But anyway, um, it was good. Uh, the team owner was suffering from a heart attack and had bypass surgery, so he wasn't able to be there. So, so. Did I got to ask this, all right? Yeah. Because reading your notes didn't it wasn't clear. Did he have the heart attack because they won the championship? No, no, no. It was prior to that. It was prior. He to must that. have got so the bill wasn't... for the season. <laughs> he did. He got the bill. <laughs> so it was the France family came to see him. This is how much you owe us. <laughs> your franchise fees. <laughs> so it was great to see Martin win. He actually won the race as well. So winning the championship, he he won the race, the Homestead Miami race. It was also his longtime girlfriend. He's battling ovarian cancer, Sherry Pollock. So it was great to see him win. What I, what I was really um, what I was really surprised mm. was the the number of wins each manufacturer. I was too. That's why I put it there. Like that caught me by surprise as well. Sixteen wins to Toyota this year. Ten for Ford. Ten for Chev. Incredible. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. Now, how many Toyotas are running? Because we used to have this thing. Back in the day, the old touring car championships, where there'd be 500,000 Holdens and three Fords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it the same now? Like, no, is there, is there you know, 20,000... To- there's less Toyotas. There's less Toyotas. Only Joe Gibbs, these guys, and I think there's another team. Don't quote me on the numbers, but there's certainly less That's Toyotas incredible. Than- so what is it? Are they, they making... That's they, a good question. You know, are they getting luckier? they got better motors? Are they, you I know... don't think they have better motors i just think see that they did i mean look the modern nascar engine doesn't really have a lot to do with any production engine no nothing at all really but when toyota got into it they were able to look at the chrysler the Mm. ford and the chev and you know take the best bits and uh, manufacture an engine specifically for the class. Since then, you've got the RO7 or RO8 or whatever the, yeah. the GM one and the D3 or whatever they're up to with the Fords, yeah. um, which are you know very specific engines uh, for the class. But um, you know they did have the opportunity to start with a, a clean sheet of paper. So the, I was going to ask you: Is there no Chryslers running? No, no, no. Penske. Pinsky were the last ones, and they changed the Ford three right, years ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, all it has probably come to a stop mm. because that was basically, yeah, you know, NASCAR orientated. Mm. No, w eight, W ten, cylinder heads. You know, way, way back from the original W twos, yeah, which were the um, the Chrysler factory ones. Mm. Don't ask me about the Camry. Okay. All right. We're off the Camry. <laughs> let's not let's not talk it's about it. The... It's not that. It's it's that I'm really busy at work. Uh, yep. There's you know race meeting as John said mm, this weekend, this weekend. and um, I've got to get a stack of transmissions done 
I've got to get a roll cage built, mm. right? So we record this on a Tuesday. Yep. My wife has just flown home. I basically had to say hi, bye, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we could uh, we could record this. Um, so yeah, it's Tuesday, and I've got to have this cage built and teched and ready for them to race on a weekend. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. All so right. no pressure. No pressure. All right, so we'll wind it up. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of our sponsors, I am getting around to all of our sponsors. I've sent a couple of emails out and I've started talking with them. We're going to do a Christmas, a Christmas special podcast where we talk to all of our sponsors. I'm Are you going to try start. and get Santa Claus in to interview him? No, that's me. So I've already started the ball rolling. I've already spoken with uh, a couple. And uh, by the time Christmas gets here, I will have spoken to everyone. And we're going to put together a a podcast. It would be Boxing Day, actually. So I've got to to ask you this, right? Mm. Um, You know, John Zapier. Yep. Quickest blown in the world, Mm. right? How are you going to top this one? This is going to be difficult. (laughs) This is going to be difficult. This is going to be extremely oh, difficult. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I heard a rumour. Mm. I heard that uh, uh, Richard Rawlings... Yes, Richard Rawlings. ...has bought Street Outlaws. By that confused look. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I, That's what I heard? Yeah, okay. I know that Discovery have purchased the controlling motor, the controlling part of Motor Trend Network... I know that, but I didn't know that Richard Raw. Well, it doesn't what's, surprise what's me. What's Motor Trend Network? So Roadkill. Oh yeah. Um, Hot Rod Garage. Yeah, yeah, Tony yeah. But that's Andrew. got nothing to do with street. No, 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 it doesn't. They already but owned. Just, yeah, but I'm, I, I haven't heard this one. Yeah, so. that's what I heard. I guess if you can't beat them, you buy them. <laughs> He's locked by that guy. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he is multi. So no, you're right. He couldn't beat him. So yeah, I'd, we'd have to verify that, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Just l- look into it because uh, that's what I heard. And uh, apparently, it's off the street now. It's going to be at race tracks. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're going to open it up. That's a uh, surprise. To you know, what's that? That's, that's a surprise. There at race tracks. Wow. Uh, you know what used to always get me. I mean, we've discussed this before in the show. Is you see flashing blue lights in the background, and I want to know where this back street is, right, <laughs> that you can suddenly vanish from and there's all these lighting towers. Yeah, I'm off this show. I'm off it. I'm <laughs> off them. I'm off all of them. They're a bunch of knobbers. Sorry. I, no, 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 I listened to their podcast. Well, I was listening to their podcast. I don't listen to their podcast anymore. They're not They're not funny. They're not... They had a go at people that are less fortunate than, than themselves. So I, I don't think they deserve... Really? Yep, they did. And they don't deserve... If I was a listener, that's a bit sad because, like, farm truck and Asian, they seem like I wasn't them, but it was the you know, the two the main guys having a crack at people that are probably less fortunate than themselves, and I didn't find the humor in it, so I'm off anyway. I don't want to talk about that. Well, one of them, one of them drives a Pontiac, so yeah, the other (laughs) one drives a Nova, and the other one drives a 57 Chev as well. He, oh, he was saying, yeah, really? I yeah, wasn't terribly impressed. Wow, that's um, a bit sad. It's I thought... there for the record. If people want to listen to it, they can. Well, I don't want to go They're going to edit it out now. No, no, just no. To... It was on. It's, it's, it's out there. But anyway, that's them. They That's how they roll. And I... We, I do, we do trash. We do trash, you know, Triple Eight a fair bit, though. We do trash Triple Eight, <laughs> but I mean, they can, they can wear it. But the people that they were trashing can't. So anyway, I... Uh, 
whatever it's, it's a whatever <laughs> anyway we need to thank we need to thank you all fast talk converters scm performance bg mechanical keys transmissions monster talk overboost mac one air conditioning benzene detailing challenge batteries wa suspensions shift kits australia i'll all be i've already emailed a few of you i'll be reaching out to the rest of you we're going to have a quick chat over the phone over the coming weeks and we'll put together a christmas special where we talk to all of our sponsors and off otr otr, OTR yeah robbie well. and mick robbie and mick so i'll be reaching out to everyone Special thanks to John Zapier once again for coming on to the show. He's kind of he's not our first guest, but he's he's gonna be a hard act to follow. You need to get Donald Long. I would spend months editing a Donald Long <laughs> interview. We'd have to change. Yeah, yeah, our... we could just fake it. We could just have <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> My next guest would be my. The next one on the list is actually Stevie Fast and also Daniel Ricardo. So if there's any people out there that yeah. you you, you won't get Daniel, you'll have to go through his publicist, and they'll they'll want to do research on us, and you know, just a couple of wogs from WA. Yeah, just I like know, him. I know, but They're exactly you know, the same. You got it. It probably cost you ten million dollars to get that. Except <laughs> I can't drive as good as him. That's maybe all. maybe ring up <laughs> Red Bull and tell him you buy a carton off of him or something. <laughs> God, I don't know that. <laughs> we'll put, we'll put, don't say that. You'll never get him on either. <laughs> we'll put the Red Bull logo on our website or something. <laughs> All right. You can find us at iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook. Share this episode, please, everyone. And also, um, go to the John Zapier. Uh, I gave the wrong web address. It's actually www.zapsrat.com.au. Zapier Racing on Facebook. Go there as well. Yeah, definitely get the likes up. Yeah, get the likes up. You'll get updated on whenever he um, resets a record, which I'm sure he's going to keep doing. He will. Buy a T-shirt. Buy buy some merchandise. And go over and say hello to the crew at the track as well. I mean... um, I'll tell you now, if they're not doing a mad thrash on the car, Mm. which they often are, um, he's more than happy to have a chat, sign, you know, autograph stuff for you. He's a great guy. Great guy, as 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 you heard tonight. Yeah, yeah, and I mean seriously, his crew that they they're the same guys. I remember as a you know as a seventeen year old, yeah. same guys. No, no one, you know, there might be a few different faces here and there, but it's amazing to keep that group of guys together. Seventeen on forty two. So well, you still talk 20. to me, so <laughs> it's true. Twenty five, twenty six years. There you go. All right, I don't want to twenty six. So we we raced in ninety nine. Yeah, I think that's when we started. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, but I was a bit older then. You're older than now. 20, no. 24. <laughs> what are you, a time traveler or something? No, I, I was... You know what that, I that would make your wife the time traveler's wife. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on this uh, uh, podcast to remember. Let's put it that way. and We'll mark this one down 18. It's going to be a hard act to follow. Uh, appreciate all your support. Get behind us. Get behind Zapier Racing. Get behind all fast talk converters and all of our other sponsors as well. Where can they find you? Facebook. At work. Oh, okay. All right. And get behind the Camry. The Camry will happen. Um, we've got a bit of a delay at the moment, but we're going to get back into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I just, I need to get through this. Well, yeah. I just, I've got so much of a backlog. There's so mm. many transmissions sitting there to be built. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, yeah, I've got this meeting to get through. Yeah. And then I've got to get a stack of jobs out. Um, there's, there's a big heap of work that needs to be done. That was me. I just hit one of oh, the okay. springs on the mic stand. <laughs> yeah, here, listen. <laughs> anyway, because the Western Nationals mm. is going to be... Well, I don't know what's going to happen now. Is that going to be an Andrew meeting? No, that's a that's over 400 Thunder meeting. Right, so is it, it's obviously not a record-setting meeting. It will be if you're in pro-slammer or pro-alcohol. Or, or pro, prostitute. Pro <laughs> the motorbike, top bike. Pro bike. Pro bike. Pro top bike. Top pro bike. It's a, so the Western Nationals is our only 400 Thunder meet, unfortunately. There you go. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Simon, for coming in. Thanks for having and me. Thanks Nick. for organising the. I must say, Simon organised that interview as well. So it was on I just rang him up. Yeah. So what are you doing? <laughs> I want to have a chat with you guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Simon. Thanks, Nick. We'll see you soon. <laughs> see you on the street. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.